In between breath, take the shot. You sound really good out there, kid. This is high school. Nothing that happens here matters in the real world. Okay, we are in charge now, so please pull out whichever app you use to do live streaming video. Get them up and running and point it at me. Now! I'm calling 911. Get back to your homeroom and stay put until the... You should be ashamed! Very disturbing news out of Vernon Central High School. Zoe. Go! Is it safe to say that this might be our guardian angel? Do you want more people to die? That's the last thing I want. I'm gonna kill one person in this room every five minutes. You don't show your face. Isn't it ironic that after all your hard work, people aren't gonna remember you? No. You're gonna remember me. Are you guys nervous to be here with us? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yes. <laughs> He's the, I, I, the I get nervous when I run the, yeah, the, yeah, the young, the young savages, practices. the young savages, mm-hmm. the young you gunners on the street. young savages? Damn. Good. You fucking yeah. should. Watch your fucking I don't, I don't have the hairline <laughs> of a young savage. I do. <laughs> That's true. One of the savagest hairlines yeah. you can possibly have. <laughs> I got a hairline in the back of my head with, like, my eyes. <laughs> well here we go uh hey boys uh it's chapo uh, we're back again it's uh, me matt and felix but uh joining us this week are three young savages that i think you guys are really gonna get a kick out of it's the podcast about list gang in the house what's up that's right yeah what's up guys what's up, what's up? What's up? <laughs> we're bringing that back yeah yeah we, we got a lot of we got a lot of complaints that we were you know Essentially, we were reviewing a lot of Christian movies that are all all are actually about high school. Like all these Christian movies are about <laughs> people who are fifteen and like have to save the world or have to so save you, Jesus Christ. And the average age of our guests is about I would say about seventy three years old. <laughs> and I don't think this is an error in our part. Like we just we vet industry professionals, but. We are, you know, like uh, every February, we're open to audience suggestions. So we've brought down the average guest age. Uh, we have people who are, clo- you know, their memories of high school are closer. Um, we all on the show, you know, we're all 63 years young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we were in high school, we played football with uh, leather helmets, turtlenecks. Yeah, I'm still in high school. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know about the other two. We're 15-year-olds on. We're ringers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is... You know, we've done a movie. We're reviewing. I wouldn't really call this a Christian movie. No, it's not. No, no it's not. Really not. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are it's Christian not, elements in it, but yeah. I, it's it's not it's not made as a like a, a Christian like a movie. mom with cancer. I would say that's an extremely <laughs> Christian motif. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that is like that's whenever Christians like they can't think of something more tragic. Like they yeah. already spent their tragedy point. They're like, yeah, fuck it, uh, cancer mom. Yeah, insanely hot mom who has to be bald. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> the biggest tragedy of all. Yeah, that's what, that's why the girl in the movie was so was so mad. She's like, my yeah. hot mom, Rada Mitchell, looks like, looks disgusting after chemo. <laughs> She's not even dead. There's a, there's the fucking scene where she comes back. She doesn't have hair at first, and then she does, and the girl goes like, "Oh, nice hair." <laughs> yeah. I I thought that uh, going into this, that you guys maybe asked us to be on this because like I looked like the school shooter or something. <laughs> and it was such a disappointment to find out I looked like the mom. Yeah. <laughs> that really fucked my head. So, um, in case you haven't figured it out already, we've got the uh, Pot About Lisp gang uh, in the house, both because we want the young hungry wolves inside the tent um, just snuggling with us rather than trying to get in the tent and rip our throats out. But we also wanted to show them the new uh, Ben Shapino produced Daily Wire exclusive film product, Run, Hide, Fight. It's a, it's a sort of it's a survival thriller about what you would do in a school shooting style kinetic scenario. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make do all this. Yeah. <laughs> just want to say, just want to get that out there. <laughs> yeah. If you follow the steps laid out in this movie, you stand a pretty good chance of surviving a, a mass shooting situation. Or if you die, they will name one of the bathroom stalls, of the high school after you for your heroism. <laughs> <laughs> just a plaque on yeah. the door. <laughs> one kid gets the stall and the other kid gets the toilet inside. <laughs> not enough stalls to name after people. <laughs> they, put in a, they, they could put an eternal flame in a urinal. <laughs> True. <laughs> Urinal cakes with the kids' faces on them. <laughs> I just I, I want to make clear though that this is uh, this is this is distributed by uh, uh, Ben Shapino's Daily Wire. It's like exclusive to their their streaming platform, I guess. But I should be clear that this movie they did not like they they they, they got the like the distribution rights to it. Like at, at no right. point were they involved in like the writing or like actual production of this film, which screened at the Venice Film Festival, but like not in competition. It was just sort of screened there. And, you know, it's a movie that does reflect their uh, rather stupid right wing politics, but they were smart enough to pick up a movie. They're like, like, this is not true allegiance, the movie. You know, no. and like, it shows that they were they were smart enough to think that like okay, this is our entryway into like the broader culture. So let's pick a movie that like we had nothing to do with because we are just loathsome dorks. And if we're trying to like broaden our appeal, we need a little buy in from 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 movie audience. And you know, uh, I think they you know I, I it is my grim duty to report these grim and brutal truths. Uh, Run hide fight is a movie I would describe as not wholly terrible, and in fact even had some pretty good kills in it. I actually would go a little farther. I I really actually liked it. I enjoyed the entire. I I enjoyed the whole thing, uh, and I will admit that a lot of that uh, was. I mean, I was sort of like, okay, what is this? But then it was. It had never really lost me. And then the school shooting happened, and they started shooting people, and they were using real guns with blanks and squibs. And at that point, it was basically inevitable that I was going to love it. And by the end of it, I was like, I can't get annoyed by any of this because when they shoot people, the fucking blood comes out of them. Okay. And no movies do that anymore. And I just cannot, I cannot, I, I, there, I, I don't have the luxury of, of looking, turning my nose up at a movie that does that at this point. I, okay. So I raised my first objection in the episode. Um, I think that Matt has an obsession with squibs and fake guns, <laughs> rather similar to, you know, sometimes when a child develops an obsession with, like, 
conveyor belts or price guns <laughs> and things like that and learns everything about them. And they, they stop screaming and shaking when they see one. You have to take them to Costco to <laughs> calm them down. Spoken like a man who did not see The Five Bloods. Has anyone seen that movie? The Spike Lee movie that was on Netflix? No, I, no, I haven't no. seen it yet. No. Uh, it's all in Vietnam, and there's a bunch of shooting. They use rubber guns. They have to mime the recoil, and it's not even just squibs, not even just CGI blood. They use CGI muzzle flashes. And the whole thing is like a cartoon. Any kind of real drama is just bleached out of it as you're watching that. And that's a fucking Oscar-winning screen screen uh, filmmaker. And the Netflix, the demons at Netflix were like, no, 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 cheaper, cheaper, lower, lower price point. <laughs> and to me, that's so repulsive that I don't care if Ben Shapiro was involved. Uh, that I I will defend this movie. To my squib, Here, here's uh, here's my uh, my squib, yeah, like, my I, squib I, I aided death. I agree with you. Like I strongly prefer that, but it just it didn't blind me to the reality that this movie sucked. Okay, pretty, well we'll go through. It. We'll get into it. It's pretty goofy, but if I would have like like one like overarching criticism of this movie is that it could have been. It, it's not a good movie, but it could have been good in my opinion if it had leaned wholly into being a what it actually is, which is a deeply sleazy exploitation film that just like yeah, rings, yeah. Uh, rings feeling out of like uh, exploiting uh, school shootings and mass shootings and our sort of public consciousness. But instead, both in the, in the way that the Daily Wire has promoted it and the film itself, the movie really does and the filmmaker, I think, really think that this is like a serious movie that asks a question like, what would you do? Like, it's like, like that's a worthy question to be posed in a movie about mass murder rather than just exciting us with a vicarious thrill of shooting up your high school. <laughs> I agree with that. It's like we talked about how uh, like how S. Craig Zoller is the best reactionary filmmaker. And this really felt like a Zoller-esque movie where it just didn't have the courage to fully hit the exploitation pedal to the metal the way he does. Yeah, they had. It's like it's super like nasty and like and yeah, like exploitative. Especially the like the first scene when they just pull in and start shooting people. But then it's like they don't commit to it. They have like you know the ghost, the imaginary friend mom, and like who's like giving like like helpful advice through the movie. And like there's the scene where the guy's like, "Well, we're not Nazis," and it's just like, "Come on, like go go for it." I want to see yeah. something really yeah. evil. I want to see some like Uwe bullshit. Yeah, if I'm watching movie. a movie oh, yeah. about a school shooting, I want it to be like pure evil. You know, what I, mean? I like, want him to yeah. say that he made the the school in doom. Like, like, <laughs> like it's got to be something like that. See, I actually have a theory where where that that where the the main school shooter actually is like fully evil, but we'll get to that. Yeah, he wears a velour jacket. That's yep. evil. That is pretty evil. <laughs> I, I mean. You know what I was thinking about a lot was uh, that movie where they Muslims try to time travel to kill Jesus Christ. Assassin's Assassin 33. 33. And uh, The Reliant. And I liked how idiosyncratic they were because we've talked about this a lot with like ostensibly or uh, explicitly Christian or ex- more explicitly conservative movies. That there's like a real like fucked up about-ness about them. There's a real like there's so many jagged edges that are the gulf between the filmmakers intentions and what they are able to actually do that. It creates this very interesting thing that isn't like the smoothed over crap you usually see. And this is like, this was mostly the smoothed over crap. There were parts of this where I was like, Oh, okay. This is the reliant. And like, you know, for instance, where it's like, Oh yeah, she sees 
ghost appearances of her cancer mom. Like, that's a very shitty Christian movie, and I enjoyed that. But for the most part, it was just like, you know what this movie is? Everyone has that friend who's, like, constantly fucking up. <laughs> like, just, like, they're, like, like they're, they're the person in your life who it's always something, right? Like, they lost their fucking wallet, or, like, they... Uh, it wasn't their fault, but they, like, crashed their car into a curb so hard that the tire fucking exploded or something. It's just always something. And when they're not, like, texting you about some problem they created, they're like, you, have, you, have, you ever, have you ever seen Balacticus? <laughs> it's like <laughs> something that only comes out in red boxes in St. Louis. <laughs> like, like, yeah, ha- yeah, has, like, yeah people who haven't been in a movie in theaters in 10 years in it and that's what the rest of this movie felt like to me okay you know what i couldn't stop thinking about throughout this entire movie particularly as it relates to the uh the bad kids the villains and their school shooting plot i could not get out of my head watching this entire movie that prospector tweet about doing a mass shooting at Pfizer and then having the SWAT team lead him away in the van and compliment him on his loadout <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, All right. I guess that that's undeniable about this movie is that the bad guys do have swag. Yeah, their plan is pretty goaded, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and they keep complimenting them on the plan throughout the movie, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, if this were a better movie, it would be um, loathed and reviled, not because Ben Shapiro is involved in it, but it would be loathed and reviled because it basically is a blueprint for how to get like a massive KD ratio to school shooting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's like, so I figured out, like, that is one of the only things about it that's identifiably very political. Everything that conservatives, like, latched onto after, uh, like, Sandy Hook or whatever, where it's like, oh, well, like, you know, it's the the problem isn't that, like, just any schizophrenic person can just, like, buy a fucking gun. It's that uh, they do the school safety meetings in public. Where a shooter can do it, and it's like, yeah, I mean, like, I guess they shouldn't do that, but it, like, is that really the problem here? I don't know. I'm not even like a super. Uh, I'm not really into gun control all that much, but it just it it just seemed like all the things that they latch onto to explain like why school shootings happen in this country and don't happen in others. And I, I mean, like, I have my own I have my own theories about why this is such a mass shootery country. And I think it, it it all it stems back to just are the basic idea of culture being downstream from politics that like the political ethos you get from having like the dominant empire in the world is that like human life is meaningless that like you can kill a million people in another fucking country on a lie and it's just okay and you can even be a hero for participating in it and it cheapens and uh, just deadens people's values of human life and that it just it's also like this in every empire like young men used to if you're a middle-class young man like a lot of these shooters are you would just like fucking go overseas and kill somebody and come back and that was part of growing up yeah and like now because we've like outsourced war to be invisible to us and for the fighters of our wars to be invisible mostly like that doesn't go away and it just gets turned on you know our our own people um but like i the daily wire isn't gonna do that like the daily wire <laughs> like their idea of how you should stop mass shootings is like 
Oh, we should send every mentally ill person to serve in the IDF <laughs> so they can do this. Well, <clears throat> well uh, before we get into actually talking about the, the film itself, I do want to share with you guys briefly just a clip from uh, the Daily Wire's backstage premiere event uh, before they uh, like screen this movie. And I, I just want to give you like just the you and the listeners here just a little flavor of, of, of the, the geniuses behind the film distribution of this and sort of how they see the film, at least. So, Chris, could you bring that up now? About a decade ago, yeah. maybe more than a decade ago. <laughs> we <were still> on- <laughs> oh my! We met in my uh, oh two-bedroom condo, and we were talking about making movies and how difficult it was <laughs> to understand that we actually need to challenge in the culture. And over the preceding ten years, we've seen as the culture has moved further and further left, as more and more people are shut out of the not only the entertainment industry but out of sports, out of <laughs> journalism, as we saw today. Uh, and, and out of virtually every area of American life, how there's a, a blue tsunami that has come and washed through all of our institutions. And we've been talking for a long time about how we need to fight back on this level. One of the things that, that I have to say here is nothing but love for our audience. I mean, seriously, nothing but love for our audience, because what we're doing here is, is truly something audacious. I mean, yeah. because th- there's, there's a, a, a gap that has always existed in the conservative mind between the stuff that we say that we want to watch and then the stuff that people actually want to watch. And a lot of conservatives, <laughs> if you ask them, what kind of TV do you want to watch? And they'll say, well, like a Hallmark film. Right, something that I can go to church and feel yeah. good that I've watched. Remember and then, Little House on the Prairie? Exactly. <laughs> and then when it comes time to sit down with the wife or sit down with the husband and sit down with the boyfriend or girlfriend, or then you just flip on Netflix and whatever everybody else is watching, that's what you're watching. And you're giving your money to people who really despise your values. Well, we've decided to do here. All right, no, enough of this. Enough of this. With okay. a film. You, you get the thing. Uh, I just it think looks for, like for the, on cinema. Yeah, for, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, 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 it looks like, like I, for the listeners here. Like, they it, got the it, popcorn machine. A jar of Twizzlers and then a jar of Skittles. They're yeah. all wearing fucking tuxedos and patent leather shoes. But then there's just like a buffet. Oh, there's of a, candy oh, there's a, in front. and there's also a cigar store Indian in the background. Yeah, what the fuck? This feels. <laughs> this feels. Uh, basement. Who's, whose dad's basement is this? This feels exactly in. like uh, Christopher Moltisanti pitching his movie about like a, a serial killer. <laughs> mob, and and just one other thing, it's like uh, the 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 Chiron, it, like the the set, and not just the set, but the brains behind the words are exactly identical to the on cinema Oscar specials. Like (laughs) everything about it is perfect, but there's a cryon on the bottom that just says, take back our culture. And, and they view this movie as, as, as their attempt to take na, back na, the culture na, 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 by producing na, na. something that has a, a skein, a, a sort of a sheen of conservative politics to it. But like, as Ben Shapiro says, it's like, nonetheless, you know, you can watch it on Netflix with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, Wait, can I, I just point say, out though, one this thing movie on the cur- set that I just noticed? Yeah. They have a bell jar full of pipes on the table, like smoking yeah. pipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what that's okay, distinguished. Okay. That's elegant. Yeah, two, 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 this is this is like, yeah, this is like what I think my clubhouse would be when I was like five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is the intersection of class and swag right here. This is, <laughs> yeah, this, that's basically like that place looks like Neverland Ranch if Michael Jackson molested middle-aged white men. <laughs> 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 oh my god instead of offering them wine he, he just gets your uncle in there and he's like hey want a cuban yeah. want a cigar yeah. <laughs> yeah. want a huge bucket of popcorn <laughs> you want to yeah. hey this is jesus dick suck on that yeah my uncle my uncle didn't get molested by michael jackson but he had really intimate like emotional connections with them and then just moved on <laughs> to older uncles <laughs> 
I do want to yeah, say though Bob that Bob Seeger's in that room if you want to go meet him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the the set is identical to on cinema, and I I do love that they're all smoking cigars because like that is like the uh, like the like the sort of middle aged conservative guy uh, affectation of being cool. It's like yeah, I'm I'm not just I'm not just a conservative. I'm not I'm not just like some front of the class kid who were who's been bringing a snap briefcase to fucking grade school. I uh I, I get a little bit loose here. I like to, I like to I like to put a big turd in my mouth and suck on it. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to note though that this movie is currently at twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And if I swear what? to God, if if the Daily Wire were not involved in distributing this Absolutely. movie, there is no way it would be that rated that low. No, considering like the shit that gets fucking like. Hosanna's the absolute garbage that the fucking streaming services put out that gets like critical acclaim. Absolutely ridiculous. No, I, I mean, I actually think like if they didn't do their cool production where they're all wearing fucking tuxedos and like didn't like if they didn't like like if they created a shell company basically and were like, you know, this isn't a Daily Wire movie. Like, I think they would eventually succeed in sort of shifting the culture. Right. If you just made more. Because the move isn't to make, like... I mean, Mel Gibson makes movies that are sometimes have, like, conservative undertones, and it's the same with Clint Eastwood, but it's, like, you don't change the culture necessarily with Oscar bait or near Oscar bait. You change it with, like, yeah, the movies that imbeciles, like, rent from Redbox or watch on Netflix, and this is one of those movies. Like, that 25%, yeah, like, I completely agree. I have seen... Like, this movie sucks, but I have seen people rave over much shittier movies. And there's no reason why, you know, I, they did crack the code. They cracked the code of what the average uh, Indiana Opana residue liquor likes in a movie. I mean, and they could make more of these. That's why we're here. We're here to raise that Rotten Tomatoes number up. <laughs> Let's get it up that's what I'm Let's here get it up for. To 50%. Yeah. By the end of this episode, I just if think Ben Shapiro like, promises to put squibs back in movies. He could literally be in charge of Hollywood. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I read one review where it was just like it's impossible to separate this movie from like the the truly terrible people who produce it. And I'm like, what? Yes, you um, can. Unlike, Are you every, baby? Wait, unlike every other Hollywood movie that's yeah, produced. Yeah. Any, anyway, time to watch X Men First Class. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Annie Hall sitting at 94 percent on that video. <laughs> All right, but I mean, yeah. let's let's. I'm gonna. Start, let's start going through the movie bit by bit. And I just, like, I think the important thing to remember here is that uh, Ben Shapiro and friends all think that this movie like should win Best Picture, and it, and and won't because it's because of liberal bias, like when American Sniper was robbed. Exactly. So like, mm-hmm. so yeah, like I said, this, this movie does it has pretensions of realism, and it, it always seems to be asking the audience, "What would you do?" I mean, even the title of the movie, Run, Hide, or Fight, it should be called. But the movie's answer to that question is, be John McClane. Like, yep. if, if, you're not, <laughs> yeah. if you're not being John McClane in a survival situation, you might as well kill yourself before it even yeah. starts. Have well, a sniper dead. That's how, <laughs> that's how all that's conservatives very answer that question, though. It's like, what would you do in this situation? And they're like, well, I just kill everybody. <laughs> you just kill all the bad guys so easily. Yeah, yeah. the big problem that the... Uh, kids at a uh, parkland had is that they didn't level up their dad's sniper stats yeah. 
<laughs> and you need that for the final school shooter you have boss to kill, fight. You have to kill a living thing before school every day to get yeah. kind of yeah. prime the problem for what you might run that, into. The problem at Parkland was that uh, David Hogg's FBI dad was like a fucking uh, like white collar crime guy and not member of a hostage rescue team. Yeah, exactly. the, yeah. When when they got the shooter on the horn at Parkland, uh, his dad, <laughs> David Hogg's dad, was like. Can you convert him to Islam so I can like entrap <laughs> him in the stupidest plot of all time? I have nothing else. Yeah, I have no I, other. I have it, no other skills. Look, is the shooter a seventy IQ Muslim fourteen year old? <laughs> no. Well, I, good luck, guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, uh, the the movie opens up, and it's like it's it's our main character as a hero who's like a, she's a teenage girl, and she's with her dad, and they're they're hunting in the woods. And she like you know draws a bean on an, on a on a good looking buck, pulls the trigger, plow, takes it down. But the deer, the, it was not a, a instant kill shot. And then her dad, played by the the great Thomas Jane, always always a joy to see him in a movie. I'd like to see more Thomas Jane in movies, in my opinion. Absolutely, agree. Um, so so goddamn like, came here to motherfucking do. And what they came to motherfucking do is kill this deer. But the deer is like you know wheezing as its lungs fill with blood, and he's like you know. He, and he begins to lecture his daughter, and he's like, you know, you, you still have a responsibility here. There's still some work to be done. But before he even gets done finishing his little spiel about how you have to honor the kill, she just takes a giant rock and crushes this thing's skull. Just whack. Like, doesn't even wait. Doesn't even wait for the dad to finish his sort of inspirational uh, dadly speech. So she's like, this is a girl who's, you know, she's, she's okay with killing. She's a nerd to death and violence. So, like, that's... That's our hero of the movie. And that's honestly, you have to basically make yourself like that if you wanted to survive any kind of kinetic situation. So step one, kill an animal. There's no way to make a a character more relatable than just instantly have them cave in a defenseless animal skull in the first (laughs) two minutes of the movie. They had to show that she turned to a savage. (laughs) I I thought that was a very funny moment because he's in the middle of literally like a sentence and she just crushes the skull. I laughed. I thought that's clever. I, I thought it was funny, but it's also true that the warning signs of someone who's going to school shoot a school are the same as the sign that somebody can survive a school shooting, which is killing animals. <laughs> well, do you, I mean, do you believe in vaccines or not? <laughs> so yeah, her, her her dad is a troop dad, and her mom is a cancer mom, and also a ghost. Classic, I mean, yeah. classic couple. One of the best combos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the mom is played by uh, Rada Mitchell who uh, you might remember from such films as uh, Pitch Black and uh, Man on Fire. And I got to say... The Silent Hill series? Always like to, always like to see Rada Mitchell in a movie, too. So like, oh, yeah. You know, it's got some good casting in this movie, but it, it's mainly about the kids. You know, like the, the adults are filled in with, you know, character actors of yore, but it's, this movie is mainly about the kids. And it's about, you know, the, the, this teenage girl... Uh, who's sort of, uh, she likes wearing her dad's army jacket to school every day because she's like, yeah, every day at high school is a fucking war, dad. And he's like, take it off. And uh, there's one point where Thomas Jane says to her, he's like, you've got to look that guys in my unit had. You know, you need to come back. You know, you need to refocus here. You need to, like, be drawn back into humanity because she has, like, Fallujah PTSD from having her mom die or something. Yeah. No, I, 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 I lost a parent to cancer, and I am an operator. Yeah. No. <laughs> so uh, she gets picked up uh, at her house. And like, I would say another plus to this movie is that the action starts pretty quickly. And like, there's, there's not a lot of like boring lead up. It's basically like her and her sort of friend zoned best guy friend uh, drive her to Urkel. school. Yeah. Okay. 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 I had some problems with this. I did not realize until about a 
quarter into this movie. Well, first, let's just say this is a Rosario Dawson, Cory Booker type relationship. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was the gay best friend. I'm not trying to be mean. I literally thought that. I was I like, well, very he's, confused. He's yeah. super soy is the thing. He's got the soy banter down. And mm-hmm. like that sort of it codes over a while as being sort of effeminate. Yeah, but he's he, doing like Joss Whedon, like they fly now stuff, like while yeah. the shooting's happening. Yeah. Everyone's doing that. Like the shooter does that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, see, I think that's a, I think that's a great choice. I will defend it later. <laughs> okay. Well, so I mean, I, I would say, I, 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 like, so like they're on their way to school, and then they see like one of the one of the weird kids in a field doing something shady, and they're like, mm, okay, I hope that doesn't come back uh, later in the plot. Um, but so they, they get to school, and I thought there was a, a, another sort of like a clever plot device here, where that it's like. It, 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 the school shooting happens on the day of senior prank day and senior promposal day. So it's Worst like a prank of all time. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the pranks are like, um, let's let's set off these firecrackers or balloons or like, wouldn't it be crazy if we like, you know, uh, played gunshots over the PA? So when it does actually happen, people don't people they're not ready. They people think it's a joke. But no, it's very real. It's very real. I like that that everyone had their own individual pranks. Yeah, like everyone. Everyone had their own thing to do. Like, every, I feel like that's not usually how it happens on prank. No, it's day, usually like one collective prank. Yeah, I, I don't remember like everyone, everyone doing their own thing. And you know, like something like they fill an office with balloons. There's sort of like a like a like a sloping hallway that they put a slip and slide and like Crisco on so people fall down. You know, this all comes back later, um, in in the kinetic situation. But you know, it's like pretty much a standard day at school. Uh, the the friend zone friend is like really struggling to shoot his shot and invite her to prom, um, but she doesn't want to go with him because she's still traumatized by the death of her mom. Um, but like, yeah, th- things are going along. Uh, the chemistry class teacher is played by the great Barbara Crampton. Horror Woo! movie legend yeah. and all time dime. babe, all time, all time dime. Horror movie icon Barbara Crampton is the the, the good natured chemistry teacher. Um, so basically, like it just they're sitting in the cafeteria. Uh, the friend zone guy, the Cory Booker character, asks her to prom, and she sort of blows him off and like leaves leaves the cafeteria. But then, then the action starts. Uh, the bad kids they drive like a fucking uh, a, a white van like through the fucking door of like the, the the school just crashes it into the cafeteria gets out and just starts shooting people and then like they're, they're, the evil plan begins to unravel and like how, how would you guys describe I thought like Matt Matt maybe Matt will feel differently here but I thought a big weakness of the movie was it's it's the the antagonists the villains I thought were not really that scary or evil and I just found them to be like annoying and, and pretty soy. Yeah, but, they're like Suicide Squad characters. Yeah, like, yeah. What I I liked about them, they're like kind of like each an archetype of like a possible school shooter. Like, there's the kid yeah, who like exactly. his, his pants got pulled down. Everyone saw his wiener. Like, that's one archetype. <laughs> there's like the big the big like ogre guy who has who like hears voices in his head. That's another one. And then there's a girl who's too goth. And then there's and then there's um like the main guy who's his thing is just like he's very clever and that's why that's he wants the, to kill everyone. The, the main guy, the main guy is one hundred percent. The main villain is one hundred percent Joker fied. This is yeah. like yeah. This, yeah. this is a kid oh, who yeah. saw the Joker and that's where he got the idea to like you know he's like he calls himself an agent of truth. Yes, yeah. and see, all right, I'll say it now. I like that. I like that he was soy because that is evil now. <laughs> That is what evil is, cult. Like, yeah. how is how is evil manifested? It's like it's glib irony. It's like you go to see movies, you go to see Marvel movies, and it's like, oh, nothing means anything. No emotion can be real. Everything has to be ironically distanced, and that turns you into a fucking psychopath. So we've gone from like Klebold and Harris, like heavy metal, 
like a hard, you know, nihilist evil to like literally a fucking Marvel villain, bad guy, like a guy who's trying to be Thanos. And to me, that is like as good art should be if resident of the moment. Like, I'm not scared of some like grimdark guy who's who's trying to, you know, like make a fucking Burzum album come to life because that that's too I, that's too earnest for these for kids these days. That's too earnest for the moment. What's what's real for the moment is people who are pathologically incapable of being sincere. And that's the bad guy. And when you're pathologically incapable of being sincere and having real emotions, blowing up your school as a bit becomes something that's a real possibility. And what's the real motivation? Getting famous. The only thing that matters is well, being, I mean, if, if, if the only thing, if you're the only real person in the world, the only thing that could ever be a reason, a motive force for doing anything is to be, become the only person in the world by making everybody else acknowledge you. And to that end, uh, the, the main villain kid, uh, as soon as he sort of like um, uh, a, a, a attains control of the cafeteria after, after shooting a couple people, and I believe, I believe he says trigger warning before killing the girl. He does, yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. I like fucking That's good. good stuff, dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, but then he tells everyone to take out their phones and start live streaming him. And he's like, you want to know how I got these faves and retweets? You want to know how I got on Hassan Piker's show? I don't have a plan. Um, but yeah, like so, he, he, they start live streaming uh, the mass shooting, and then of course, like the our our, our hero is you know she was able to sort of like a, a cowering in a, a bathroom as like some girl comes in bleeding from her stomach or something, and then she she realizes what's going on, and like the rest of the school has no clue what's going on yet, but uh, you know like the the the, the hero is going to attempt to uh to or to run hide fight. I mean it's all there, and it's actually her ghost mom who tells her to run, hide, and fight. At various yes. points in this movie, <laughs> do you think that uh, the ghost mom is also talking to the tall ogre guy? Yeah, he's hearing the same voice. She's just saying "fight" to him. It was gonna be, it was gonna be the ghost dad, but he's not allowed within a hundred yards of a school. <laughs> uh, so, like in terms of the like the sort of more overt conservative politics, there's there's a funny moment where like uh, early on in the mass shooting. Like the the campus safety officer, like the campus security oh, guard yeah. comes in and he's like, he's like, please, please stop the shooting. And then the Joker kid is just like, how are you gonna do? You don't even have a gun, asshole. What the fuck are you gonna do? And then the principal comes in and is like, uh, like uh, you know, like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you had to go to my office twice a week. We 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 can work this out. And then like he just kills him. But before you think you think he's doing the mass shooting because the principal has been mean to him, but no. This this kid is so jokerified and is such a twisted genius that he got himself sent to the principal's office twice in one week to steal copies of his ID and keys to better do his evil plan. That's fucking that's that's mindset. Like I said, the the plan is pretty goaded. And like so like he he they let the school safety officer live, but like he he pisses his pants. And then it's shown that he spends about 20 minutes when he could be warning other students and teachers that there's a shooting going on, changing his giant khakis to like <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest, the yeah. biggest cargos he had. <laughs> and I love that he has an extra pair in his office. Some kid accidentally for... bumped into him and he's pissed himself before. Yeah. It's like, look, I am in this school 40 hours a week. There's no way I'm not pissing my pants at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so the 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 joker kid 
and like here's the thing about their plan like the, the the joker kid has has come up with this plan and enlisted the help of the a kid with a small wiener his goth girlfriend and her, her is sort of like a a lenny like simpleton who hears voices but you know is pretty handy with a gun and then but like but his plan is is all based on the fact that he has researched like uh schools contingencies for mass shooting events and has exploited the weaknesses in their own response. They're sort of their programmed response. So like they set off a bomb elsewhere in town to like get the fire department and police looking elsewhere. They, they cut the phone lines or like there's a whole thing about how, uh, according to school regulation, you have to check to see if a mass shooting is actually happening before you go into lockdown. So he's, he's like the movie's trying to teach you about how we should change laws and legislation. And there is actually, I would say, a kind of anti-lockdown, anti-shelter in place message in this movie because it's all about how like you can't just shelter in place. You have to run, hide, fight. You can't just do what the authorities tell you. You know that that, that makes it easier for you to be rounded up and slaughtered by by the Joker yeah. and bad kids. Imagine how much easier it would be if each one of those kids had killed four people <laughs> instead of just that girl. It would have been over instantly. Well, it's like, yeah, sometimes every every team has a DAR leader and every team has a guy who's just laying an egg, can't hit a shot. Exactly, and they had a whole school of them. <laughs> they panicked. They couldn't yeah. counter-strafe. Imagine if every student had a, had a ghost mom to give them advice. That was right. the problem. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, there wasn't enough ghost parents. Uh, the there, ghost there... mom had the assists all game long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's another thing where like, uh, he, he, he lets all the kids call their parents, um, before, before they live stream and, and like the friend zone kid calls his mom. And there was a funny part in the screenplay where he tells his mom, I love you to the moon and back. And I was like, okay, I know you didn't get invited to prom, but like, don't ask your mom, dude, you're about to die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The further that, uh, the more we saw that character, the more clear it was that like on set that, that actor was like. I don't get it. Like, what's my motivation? And then uh, they just pointed to Ben Shapiro on set, and they were like, "See that gay nerd over there? Just do like <laughs> basically everything he would do and his voice for the entire movie." I mean, I I'm gonna defend him here. The good thing about inviting your mom to prom is that she can rent a car for you guys. You're too That's young. True. Yeah, unless you, you go to prom when you're 25. Which is also okay. And that was the message of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can go to prom at 25. It's normal to do. Mm-hmm. Look, who else is going to buy the kids alcohol? Exactly. Uh, let's just see here. Um, like, so, so, yeah, like the, uh, the, the hero is, is, is like she's, she's seeking to, to save her not boyfriend, you know, which is like a little trying to save his life, but you won't go to prom with him. I mean, come on. Come on. Um, the, they, the, the bad kids kill the lunch lady. But like the lunch lady's like, you should be ashamed of yourself, brat. Like she's he, she gets murked. Um, and okay. then like the- she was the biggest bully in the school. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I actually I saw the I yeah I show, I saw the Snyder cut of this movie. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there was a two hour pro, like prologue uh, pre credits where like she's serving all the kids lunch and she's like, more breads for you, gay wad. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah, you... I, yeah. I, I bet, I bet you want more fucking square shitty pizza because you, yeah, your your mom left your dad. I mean, if you think about it, lunch ladies are nutrition police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they they literally police what you eat. They're food cops. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's zero difference between a police officer and a lunch lady. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, oh, then there's another like a small bit of like overt, like kind of Christian, uh, politics and right wing, uh, sort of point of view in this movie. Cause, uh, at one point the Joker kid, uh, does see some hot girl clutching a crucifix and he's like, 
oh, you, you, how can you believe in God now? I'm going to kill you. And she's like, God lets the evil have free will so that they can be judged. And then he's like, okay, that's a pretty good answer. I'm going to move on. Fair enough. I also you, love the, the pattern of people like, like this is another clear conservative point of view in this movie, is people constantly trying to do like, like conflict resolution or like psychoanalysis to these people and just instantly getting murked. <laughs> just every time somebody's like, why are you doing this? They're like, bullet in your head. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, the, yeah, there's, there's, the kid, like, the, they're, they're sort of like theater kids. It's like if theater kids kill yes. 15 people in your high school because they want to put on a show. And, like, of course, they're, they're all about getting media attention. And, like, eventually, like, the, the, the cops and, and administration gets, gets hip to what's happening and they show up and the media shows up and they just want to get more views. They want to get more views. They want to get on the news. They want to be famous. Um, there's one scene, though, where, like, the, the like, so, like, as part of their plan, they realize like that you know once the school goes into lockdown, like all, all the kids have to like stay in their class and like barricade the door or whatever. Even though, and I think this is the point the movie's making about how stupid lockdowns are. And I got I gotta say I kind of agree with them. If I was in like the, the a first floor classroom of a fucking building that a shooting was going on, and I would go straight out the fucking window. None of the, none of this. Like, oh, I'm just gonna like sit in class under my desk and hope nothing bad happens. Shit, <laughs> even if you're on a second floor window, just chance it. And there's yeah, actually my, the- my, my my fate is in the hands of like a fucking uh like my health teacher who is wearing sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, the teachers are so useless. It really like I feel like the three main like uh, uh, messages this is trying to send is like goths are evil. Teachers should get a uh, pay cut, and blondes really do have more fun. <laughs> <laughs> there is a crucial moment though. Our 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 hero is a blonde, and there's a crucial moment where like after. She, she is able to escape the cafeteria and gets out of the school building. But she doesn't just run away. She goes back into the building to help her fellow students. And like, she, she, like her friend comes with her, but she's like, no, there's still people inside. Like I have to warn them. And like she's banging on windows and they're like, enough of that, Mrs. You know, so-and-so. Like, you know, school, senior prank day is, you know, it's, it only comes once a year, but we're not having any of this. So yeah, like the, the teachers are all universally useless and they get plenty of their kids killed. There's one scene though where the Joker kid goes into a Spanish class and there's like this like hot as fuck Spanish teacher and he makes her take her shirt off and show her show him his tits. But like if this were like a a true piece of like classic right-wing exploitation cinema, the audience would have got to see nudity and said, instead of it just being implied. Like if this was a Michael Winner Golan Globus film, you would be oh, seeing yeah. her tits no matter how horrible the circumstances are. So they sort of they they they, they pulled their shot on that one. They pulled their punch when it came to that scene. Well, yeah, well, like, it's implied that he's, yeah, he's going to, like, further assault her, uh, but then uh, the soy kid is like, oh, you're trending. And he's like, oh, what are people saying? <laughs> yeah, I do love also that he, at the beginning, when he, like, when they first uh, bust into the cafeteria, he kind of, like, makes fun of them for caring about social media. He's like, oh, all you care about is, like, your likes and faves and then the entire plot is just him trying to like while out on ig live for 10 <laughs> so um and so as, as the hero is trying to warn more classes she runs afoul of the goth girlfriend who like shoots her and uh like they they have a fight they go into the room full of balloons and i thought that was like a a pretty well done scene of like you know using senior pranks to your advantage and she she struggles with the goth chick and then just domes her like he she kills the goth chick dead 
and she's sort of like she's rifling through her pockets and then there's an earlier scene where she's, she's going through the pockets of like a dead security guard and getting like handcuffs a baton she's getting some items and upgrades and her ghost mom appears to her and she's like well you learned that from your dad he's a gamer <laughs> yeah your dad used to shoot 17 year olds in the head all the time <laughs> it's patrilineal um and then yeah no, after she kills the goth girl she's like going through her shit and there's a scene where she has like she, she pulls hand sanitizer out of her out of her pocket and she goes um hand sanitizer guess you don't want to get your hands dirty that was a that was a good throwaway line there that was a good one-liner you got to do something to calm yourself down in such a stressful situation. You got to yeah, yeah, drink the hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's following the Keemstar advice. I mean, yeah. when, yeah. He, yeah. when he said if you suffer from anxiety, take three sips of warm beer. Yeah, yeah, make do. Um, so she 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 kills the goth the goth chick, and then she has a run in with the small wiener kid. And you know, we we bring this up because like it's it's explicated in this scene. Like she gets the drop on him. She even though he's got a double barrel shotgun, she like disarms him with uh, an oiled up um, o- an oiled up hallway and a fire extinguisher, and then she like knocks him out and handcuffs him to like the uh, like the in, in the the theater, and then like as soon as he's handcuffed, he just starts crying and he's like, like in sixth grade, everyone pants me on stage and everyone saw my wiener and I've never gotten over it. And she's like, and then the, this is really good. She's like, she's telling the kid, he's like, he's like, you, 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 no one remembers me. Like, they're, they're only going to think of me as having the weird dick. And then, like, the hero says to him, I swear to God, the line is like, uh, did it ever occur to you that the people laughing at you were having fun, you selfish prick? <laughs> <laughs> I did like that because, yeah. I mean, finally a movie that explores both sides of bullying. <laughs> no, I, no, no, that's not what she serious. Like, that's not what she meant. Oh, she said maybe they're not. She wasn't laughing at you. Maybe they were just having. Oh. Maybe they were just laughing. I maybe everything it. isn't about you. I, okay, maybe the whole know. world doesn't no. revolve around you. Okay, you this fucking is, asshole. This is a Rorschach test. I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rorschach. I thought she was like, babe, you're an entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, people are talking about you, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing something right. Yeah. No, I, I'm and sure. I, I was the, the third result of the Rorschach test, which is I spaced out and was looking at my phone and don't remember that <laughs> line at all. <laughs> I was, no, I was like, that's how I scanned the line. It was like, do you realize that you made people happy with your fucked up little nub? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, like they, and I've never seen a movie explore the issue of bullying like that. But I guess that reveals me as a sociopath. Like, <laughs> that's five. Many people have compared me to the character Dexter from Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what happens? Okay, so like then, eventually, like the 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 sheriff shows up. The sheriff, played by Treat Williams, I like to call him always a Treat Williams to see him yep. in such films as Deep Rising and The Substitute Two, Back in Class. Um, so like, yeah, like, and he, I thought he was going to be more of like a bumbling, incompetent sheriff, but he's actually like a good small town sheriff. And, you know, like he, and then she starts, she's able to call him from inside the building. And this is when she becomes like, she goes into John McClane mode and she's like, she's, she's the anonymous, uh, hero inside, inside the hostage situation. And, you know, she's like, and then she starts communicating with the Joker kid. And there's like a whole kind of Hans Gruber thing going on between the two of them. And, you know, I thought a little bit of uh, sexual tension as well. I thought they could have done more with that. Because, you know, maybe she could have taken him to the prom instead of the, her, her loyal yeah. one true friend. Yeah. 
What if it was all a promposal? She didn't even consider yeah, that. She killed all his friends. Everyone, everyone has, everyone has that small town couple: the sixty-three-year-old sheriff and the seventeen-year-old girl. We all know it. We've all seen it. We've all uh, fantasized about being the girl and getting to date the sheriff. So you're right. I mean, like, so, like, so basically, like, uh, uh, the Joker kid, like the the ringleader, wants to get, wants to go from class to class. Collect all of the all of the stupid kids who are sheltering in place instead of running, hiding, or fighting. Bring them to the cafeteria and then get like as many live views as possible, as many as much news coverage as possible, and then blow up the bomb that's in the back of their uh, van and and just get like the highest kill count imaginable. And at one point, he even says he's like a lot of people who do this don't even have a number in mind. You know, he's like hey, he's like how can you have a goal if you don't even know what you're aiming for? So like he he's got a plan. And but you know our hero is fucking it up because she's he's helping kids get out of the school, and there's a part where like the media is covering it outside, and like the, the, the sheriff is like, we want to get kids out of the school, but the school's in the shot, and they're like, no, we're we're, we're just gonna keep filming, like who, who cares? We want we need to point our cameras at something. What's in it for me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then at one point she uh she she decides to like you know okay oh, so like uh the the Joker kid uh, becomes aware of her. And then, like, he goes on IG Live and, like, addresses her, like, who, who she, he knows is watching. And he's like, okay, uh, you killed my girlfriend and, like, uh, the, the small wiener kid don't really care about him. Fuck it. Um, but so if you don't come to the cafeteria right now and, like, beg forgiveness, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill, like, you know, one, one kid, like, every five minutes. So she takes it upon herself to be a hero yet again and uh, go to the cafeteria to sort of, uh, you know, uh, give, give her own life in exchange for someone else's. But but before doing that, she she I, in a weird moment she uncuffs the nerd kid, and, and who's like weeping and feels bad about killing someone, and gives him his shotgun back, and he's like she's like you have one shot at redemption, you have one shot at being remembered dun, as dun, something dun, other dun, than dun, a guy dun, who dun. killed people for having a small dick. <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah he, she reminds him that other people exist, and he's like, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So she you goes could be back known as, as the the coward who who had a small dick and then defected. You could be even even lamer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, the, the, the coward with a small dick and no conviction. Either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Italy of uh, having a small dick. Yeah, sides like that. Whoever. Oh, this chick looks like she's uh, got it on the ball. I'm going to be on her side now. By the rules, <laughs> she just, he just does nothing. Yeah, yeah, he no, it doesn't like work. He, he gets owned, just, just goes, yeah. but but he allows her to escape with the nerd is the thing. Because yeah, she's, oh, she gives you. herself up. She gives herself up, and he's like doing cat and mouse with her. And the 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 the, the, the big uh, crazy guy whose sister is the one she killed is really wants to kill her. And then the 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 fat dork comes in with the gun, and then he immediately gets murked. But that allows them to run away. Okay, they, that's, uh, that's what he does. They should have, um, when he was going on live, they should have done something where, like, little Boozy doesn't know it's happening and just also goes on live at the same time. And does, <laughs> does that thing, does that thing he Joins does where he, live, yeah. yeah, where he does that thing he does where he's like, I'll give $10,000 to any woman who shows her pussy right now. And <laughs> <laughs> this shooter guy has to compete with him. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, Boozy's the yeah. number one. Little Boozy has requested to join your live. <laughs> <laughs> he, tells, he tells the shooter, show, yeah. show his cock for 10K. He's the one He's the one who told the, the Spanish teacher to take her top off. 
Well, I mean, there's one good point where like it's sort of it's sort of toward the end, and they're doing their John McClane, uh, Hans Gruber back and forth over IG Live, and I, I like there's one point where the where the hero tells the Joker kid, she's like, "How does it feel to know that even after like all of this, after everything you've done, I'm gonna get the clout because now I'm on IG Live as a hero." <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is obsessed with me stopping your plan. So, like, I'm going to be more famous than you. I thought, that was, I thought that was a good bit. But while this is going on, of course, there's sort of, like, media and parents assembling outside the perimeter of where the, where the school is. And, of course, the shooter dad, the hero, Thomas Jane, shows up with his fucking, like, marine sniper rifle in the back of his pickup truck. And he uses operator skills to, like, get underneath, like, the chassis of a car, like, roll out, enter the perimeter set up a kinetic, uh, you know, a, a sniper, sniper scope, sniper situation. And, you know, long story short, he fucking domes the big dumb kid who is about to kill his daughter. He just fucking domes him. And then, of course, and what the amazing part about that is that he has this enormous sniper rifle. He just shot a kid from, like, 500 yards away through the fucking head. And then, like, he's surrounded by a SWAT team who's like, hey... Are, are you on our side or what? Uh, can you, just, <laughs> can you just, like wouldn't they have just killed him? Probably like in a situation yeah, like they, that. Yeah. No way he would have fucking got out of that scot free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when the dad showed up, it had, he would, had only been in like the first five minutes of the movie, and it, it was like so long since he was in the movie that I forgot who he was, and I was like. Do they? Do the shooters have like an adult on their team? What is going <laughs> on? Come on, that's cheating. Yeah, because he was just you like looking bring, you can't bring your uncle? like like putting his hat really low over his eyes and carrying a gun around. I was like, what the fuck is this? They, yeah, that's that, the shooter. That's the school shooter version of the twenty-five year old who shows up to prom. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is yeah, yeah, also what's going on. It just shows up. That yeah. is like when like someone brings their like seventeen-year-old to like little league games and is like, yeah, he's nine. so yeah i mean uh eventually though uh our hero does triumph um like uh the the big dumb kid taken out goth chick taken out uh small wiener kid taken out there's only it's only her and the joker now and i i forget kind of what happens but she's able to go back to the cafeteria he's out looking for her uh she gets all the kids out of the cafeteria and like uh, does the van in reverse so it blows up in the parking lot and she saves everyone. But that's honestly the biggest problem with the movie is that when the band blows up, it's not nearly a big enough explosion. Oh no, explosion it, it, it's just yeah. it's like a Molotov it, cocktail it, going off. It, it would just, not it just have flames. Almost, yeah. Like if they had just stood at the at the other wall of the of the yeah. Uh, yeah. cafeteria, they would have well, been fine. You never you we never get to see the part of the Joker kids plot, which is right before the van explodes. He was going to say, "Hey guys, come gather on the van. I want to show you something really awesome." <laughs> yeah. This van was on Pimp My Ride, and there's a PS2 in it. Everybody come over and play. <laughs> so, but like, uh, I, but previously, uh, the Joker kid had taken another uh, another kid with him to go do something evil, and then it seems like the Joker kid had gotten blown up. But aha, I knew immediately. You've seen Die Hard. This is the oldest trick in the book. You switch clothes with someone that then you kill in like an explosion so their body is charred and mangled and they find the green Joker blazer on the kid and they're like, yeah, he's definitely dead. The old body switcheroo. So uh, our hero is, is out. She's, she's, she's embraced by the sheriff. 
Uh, she's embraced by her father, who's in the back of a police car. But you know, he'll he'll he's not going to do any time or <laughs> face any consequences. Yeah, it's so easy to explain yeah. that situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I shot a kid. No, 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 the know? kid was no. evil. No, I you don't understand. Head. Yeah, he was, he was tall very... and he looked like a troll. Okay, it's all my dead wife. Yeah, yeah look, I'll, I'll admit I came here today to help the shooters, but uh, <laughs> once I saw my daughter, I was like, all right. Fine. No, you're right. You bring up the fact that the uh, that the big dumb kid like hears voices and like talks to them, and you're right. Like I, it, it may have been the mom was talking to both of these kids, and like the dad shot this kid for like hitting on his dead wife or something. Or just to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Playing both sides, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone's had that moment where the low IQ kid who somehow can commune with the dead fucks their wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite aspects of that big dumb kid that was like near the beginning when they first were introducing him and he was like I think it was when he was trying to find the lunch lady he was walking around in the in the cafeteria and he was just going like 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 need to find her like he was just talking like an ogre too like with, with no nouns Oh he referred yeah, to he people was, as he things was, Yeah yeah, yeah. He was an interesting character in the movie because everyone is either like you know like a cool like real america self-reliant guy or like sort of like a soy evil or go- or neutral creature and then there's just like he's like a witcher villager yeah yeah <laughs> he's like if private pile was in the witcher yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so you, you you think everything's okay she saved the day but then ah she spies she spies. She spies the 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 they have the lead villain. She spies the Joker kid making a crafty getaway in the clothing of another guy. And then it's revealed that this kid had a plan all along to get to like to survive this mass shooting event and get away. And he goes like like a, there's a little bridge and a little stream, and he has a little like a like a like a like a safe like a safety deposit box or something. And he opens it up, and like in a sealed plastic bag, it has like cash and like a fake passport. And I'm like, dude, you just are like the most recognizable person in America right, right now. How yeah. did he think he was yeah, going to get away with about this? That it also had Groucho glasses in the box. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, he he's he's by the brook and he's just like, ah, I, I wish I had killed more people. But uh, for the most part, I got away with it. Still alive. Um, no problem. I'm going to Venezuela right now. He was going to go. He was going to go to a country that's pro mass shooter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mass shooter haven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So then, like, uh, so so the, the the girl sees this, and then she asks her dad, who's in the back of a cop car, uh, "Hey, dad, do you still have your uh, giant sniper rifle on you?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's just over where I dropped it. No one's touched it or done anything with it. It's still loaded." <laughs> yeah. So she so she goes into the police perimeter, finds his sniper rifle, tracks the kid down, draws a bead on him, and fucking blows him away like he's a twelve point buck. And then she approaches him, and like the deer in the very beginning, he's wheezing as his lungs fill with blood. And she gives him the same spiel about, you know, uh, how you shouldn't let nature take its course because it'll lead to unnecessary suffering. She picks up a big-ass rock, and you think she's going to crush his skull? But no, she just brings it down right next to him to fuck with him. And she's like, ha-ha, asshole, I'm not even going to give you the honor of stoving in your skull. Enjoy fucking bleeding to death, asshole. And just walks away, movie over. My favorite yep. part of that yeah. is that, like, that guy wasn't there for that. 
he doesn't know right. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, he's like, what the, why, why are you like, give me this speech? And also, how did she memorize it word for word? It didn't seem like she was paying attention at all. No, no, she's off getting a rock. Also, how the fuck is she like just walking around with her dad's gun? You don't think anybody would have seen that? Like, There's like there were 80 seven cops million around. police officers. Yeah. yeah. And she had like she got shot in the leg, so she was like limping and bleeding. Right. <laughs> and she's like going across a hundred yard field to the fucking uh, tree line, just like never mind, guys. I gotta go. I'll be right back. And I, and I really yeah, can't stress enough over how, there. I, how large this child? rifle have you guys was. Seen the, have you that seen? was the size of her. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen the child with multiple gunshot wounds? <laughs> I thought I saw her carrying a, a rifle the size of her uh, from a crime scene, but I'm not sure. I didn't want to, like, cause the whole thing. There's already too much going on here. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> and, it's, and such so a six, it's such a sick spot to end the movie, too. Because, like, like, then, like, the only resolution to the whole arc with, like, her, like, friend-zoned uh, friend guy is, like, she just sees him on a stretcher, like completely fucked up, and it's just like, "Oh, is he okay?" And they're like, "Yeah, probably." And then yeah. that's it. <laughs> she does agree to go to the prom with him. She did that agree to go to the true, prom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's she, that is true. Yeah, and there's also the part when he go when he says like, "Go on without me," and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" No, <laughs> I would. I do wish that there was maybe a post credit sequence where they do go to prom, and you know, he's like got a got a cane or something and then it's the end of the night and he goes in for another kiss because she gives him a kiss when she's he, she lies him down on the bed or the couch in the break room and she just goes look i didn't really think you were gonna make <laughs> <laughs> which sets up run hide fight two friend zone revenge <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, she does agree to go to the prom with him, but like, there's actually a, a pretty funny moment where she's like, the 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 friend zone character is just like, wait, I, because he got shot too, and he's like, wait, I need to, to, to tell you something, and she's like, I know, I know, I promise, if you get through this, you can do under the shirt stuff with me, okay? Like, I'm, I'm, I've gotten over my mom's death, and like, I'm ready to maybe go to third base, um, and then he's like, uh, that, that's great, I'm really happy about it, but actually, what I need to tell you is that there's a giant fucking bomb in the in the van that's parked in the cafeteria. <laughs> But yeah, but it, it it ends there with her um just just shooting this kid and letting him bleed to death. But like also it ends like there's no resolution like similar to her dad, like it's an active shooter situation. She just blew off a gigantic rifle. I'm like like I said, there's 800 cops around. Everyone's like, hey, uh, is everything cool over there? She's like, yeah, no, it, it's fine. I got this. I just killed this kid. Don't you don't need to worry about it. <laughs> oh, oh wait, wait, it, uh, it was just a kid dressed like some other kid who he was actually the kid who did it. Yeah, okay, all right, we're we're good, we're good. Oh, wait, it's here. just more paperwork. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah. In between the scene of her getting the gun and her tracking the kid down, uh, she goes to the Reddit thread about the school shooting. <laughs> <laughs> They've geolocated the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, was just, it was just like an autistic kid who's obsessed with creeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was looking for a porn stash in the river. <laughs> he just gets fucking domed. <laughs> well, yeah, so that's 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 run hide fight, and like I said, it's a, it, it's not like it, it's not a, like a cartoonishly terrible movie, but like it's 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 I would say it's a, it's a bad movie because it clearly takes itself seriously. Like I like I think mm -hmm. like the filmmaker clearly thought that this was like an important movie that like asked some pretty serious questions about like is it okay to shelter in place and you know when's it when is it okay to shoot a teenager. <laughs> 
Yeah, it would have been better for sure if it had been more uh, uh, had the courage of its exploitative convictions. But I'm sorry, minimum four stars for blanks <laughs> oh my and God. squibs and real guns. <laughs> oh my! When God. was the last time you saw it? I'm actually serious. They do not do it anymore. I uh, do not put real fucking bullets John, and John, guns. And John Wick, probably. No, John no, Wick. No, no, not CGI. Oh, it's not CGI. Oh, oh uh, I no, watched. They actually, use Raid, all that Raid. choreography to hide the fact that they're doing fucking uh, CGI. Raid, then I think, right? The Raid. Raid use squibs. Raid is. Squibs, I saw I it in Eric Andre's yeah. show. I don't know if that. The Raid uses squibs, <laughs> but that's not, that's like the Raid Two is like now almost ten years ago. Yeah. I wait. Hold on. I watched. I watched Possessor last night, and there there was a, definitely a okay, lot of yes. actual yeah. fucking really gruesome blood in that movie. Yeah. Well, if you watch any and director, I, and who I haven't liked seen that, and it's movies. already five, st- four stars for me too. Four <laughs> it's stars. Not, it's not preemptively. For, no, four, sorry, four stars. I do agree. I, with I have. Other. I have to encourage these people because the market will not do it because it's cheaper to use the CGI. I, I mean, I agree with you on squibs. I just think that, like, um, this is going to send you down a bad path. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, like, every, like, like Chechnya will make a weird propaganda movie about it. It will be like Red Dawn, but gay people invade the country. And Matt's, <laughs> Matt's going to be like, well, I mean, they used a lot of squibs. In this movie. We should actually <laughs> use live ammo. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah, Matt. Matt would be totally fine with the Daily Wire taking over all of Hollywood if they would just Correct. use real squibs in movies. And you know what? I like, just I, want I'd my pretty stories. much be cool with it as well. Because at this point, I don't really buy any of these theories about like culture, about like cultural products moving people anywhere. Everyone is seeing this stuff through the lens they already possess, that is determined really by their demographics and their social context, not by the content of what they're watching. So just give me the god damned squibs i don't care who gives them to me and actually like, this this brings to mind like i think we could make actually like a a pretty funny and harrowing high school movie with no violence that's just about ben shapiro's life in high school <laughs> <laughs> and it would be like he'd be way more like way more evil and disturbing than the joker kid because it's just him. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's him like addressing a school assembly about how like you know uh w- welfare leads to dependency and disincentivizes work or something like that yeah he like he yeah. makes the social studies professor like denounce professor griff for anti-semitism <laughs> <laughs> there's like a bunch of kids in like an american uh civics class and like it's they're they're sitting there and and ben isn't in the class and they're all looking around and they're like, is Ben here? And they're like, no. And they're like, oh, I guess he's sick or something. And you can see them sort of relax and sort of their their body language become more uh, relaxed and they start laughing it up. And and then you hear in the hallway the wheels of a roller backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone just stops what they're saying and just like looks at the door. And then there's just like a, a violin screech as the door opens, and then that's fade, that's cut to black. It would be it would be like falling down, but instead of like any instead of killing people when he's inconvenienced, he just goes, hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be called staying down. <laughs> well, it's funny if you, if you if you watch the like I said the on cinema Oscar special like you know pre pre screening backstage presentation where they're all wearing fucking suits and stuff like everyone on the Daily Wire masthead is like a failed Hollywood guy in one way or another. Yes. Oh yeah. Like there's like M- Michael Knowles is a failed actor and if you watch further in that clip he talks about how like he he really felt it he said the last play I was in 
He was talking about like his career as being in plays in Hollywood suffered because he wouldn't attend Democratic fundraisers. <laughs> I would love to see what fucking... <laughs> it, it reminds you of a fundamental thing. truth that we all uh, try to overlook too much because it's not terribly comfortable. Politics is for losers. That's true. That's true. It is. It is. You, you care about this stuff because you can't make it work in the thing you want to do. Because if you're successful in what you want to do, and why would it be politics? You don't care who's in charge because the world works for you. You decide to go and try to fix how the world works when your path is blocked. Like Shapiro wanted to be a screenwriter. He wanted to write like he had a and, fucking and had a cousin who had a successful career as like a child yeah. actor. And so yeah. it's like, well, I guess I'm a politics dipshit. And it's not like that's not true on the left, too. Everyone goes yeah. to politics after they lose at the thing they wanted to do. Yeah, I'm just saying I actually like we we start we we started this show because I'm actually 450 million dollars in debt because in 2014 I tried to remake Bob Guccione's Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about any of this shit. I don't it's even Zach know who Efron Bernie Sanders as Caligula. Is. Yeah, I just like I have to pay this debt off. <clears throat> but I mean, like th that's true, Matt. But like the thing with like the right wing guys though who are almost universally, like if they're a, a popular figure on the right now, like failed actors or entertainers or comedians or something, the difference in them and like people on the left is that like they have a built-in excuse for why their career never took off. Right. And it's because of political bias or whatever. And yeah, like, that's like why grievance is what powers their politics. Like, one of the other Daily Wire guys, and if you go back and watch that video, he's the guy who looks like 40 years older than everyone else sitting there. Is this the guy James Elroy looking yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, no, I thought that was James yeah, Elroy. No, 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 it's his name I is, could believe he might do that as a bit. Like, no, no, his fun. name is Andrew Clavin, and he's like he's a screenwriter. He's a screenwriter. He, he's a screenwriter that had, had like two movies made, including that. It was like his the most famous one is that movie Don't Say a Word with Brittany Murphy and Michael Douglas. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, that one, that one. That, like, that, that's his most famous movie. But like there's a definite like Hollywood fail to right wing blogging pipe going on here. Yeah, they should have had Dean Kane in this. That would have been that would have had everybody. No, Actually, the, you know, having having Dean Kane as a high school student would have been yeah. Really oh my God, are you kidding? That'd be amazing. <laughs> All the adult but Patrick, this movie good, was this though. movie this yeah. movie was smart enough not to use like Kevin Sorbo or James Woods or something. Stephen Baldwin. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like they they use actors like Treat Williams and Thomas Jane who are like not uh, overwhelmingly not associated with being. They have being talent. Ranks. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I actually I thought the the lead in this movie she was like. Like as far as like yeah like twenty year old actors like she was she was really good I thought she's on a she's on Young Sheldon right now. <laughs> really yeah okay well uh, like I looked up I looked up all the other kid the uh, the fat kid who everyone saw his penis is uh, Zoolander Junior in Zoolander Two <laughs> <laughs> well yeah after after Zoolander Two bombed uh, be look, look forward to Ben Stiller's new show on DailyWire.com yeah I'm excited for for what they do next dude just like a fucking John Stossel biopic or like a like, like a Bugs Life from the Crickets perspective or something. I think it would be really good. Also starring Kevin Spacey. Yeah. yeah. No, that's I I was thinking like they they will do like a like a reboot of House of Cards, a spiritual successor with Kevin Spacey on the Daily Wire in this year. Can't I wait. am. I mean, I am. I'm always on the look for something new and. You know, we have to watch every shitty thing that comes out, and 
I got seriously depressed after seeing like a Marvel movie because it was Oof. just like the same as everything else in the world. And there's no squibs. There's no squibs. And there is no fuck. It, there aren't even real people. Like, forget <laughs> the bullets. The humans aren't actually there. I it's want just like a human head floating on like an etch a sketch outfit. I want more Christian movies. Uh, th- and I hope that Daily Wire succeeds in its mission to make like, yeah, big budget, like shitty movies like this, but makes them more overtly insane. Uh, Absolutely, we need some more insanity. Yeah. I mean, I w- I would like to. I mean, if I if I had the money, I would produce just a film adaptation of Ben Shapiro's True Allegiance, but like do it a hundred percent straight. Like 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 just te- yeah. like like d- don't even write a screenplay. Just just include dialogue directly. Like don't even try to like <laughs> to to make it. Uh, just do it as as faithful an adaptation of True Allegiance as is possible with a two hundred million dollar budget. That or is the movie like, I would yeah, really well, like to see. Yeah. Or the Kurt Schlichter Civil War books. Oh, yes. Yeah. I would love to see those. Yeah. I would. No, yeah. I would. That would make me, whenever, like, some shitty superhero movie comes out, like, I think the episodes we always do on them, I, I, I really like. But actually seeing the movie sends me into, like, a spiral. But when, like, Will or so, Will or Matt is like, hey, there's this movie about, like, um, yeah, if if Muslims had invented the atomic bomb first, and it's it's made it's made by the guy who owns the biggest screen door factory in Tennessee, he self funded it. I'm like, yes. Well, I mean, I think like if if this movie is successful and the Daily Wire gets to do more movies, I mean, if if it gets successful enough, then they're going to feel their oats enough to do what they really want to do, yeah. which is which is, which is True Allegiance, the movie, like a movie that yes. doesn't have to shade its ridiculous politics. I mean, good tidings to Daily Wire Pictures. I'm rooting for you just because I want a variety in movies that I watch for my show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we go. That was that was run the hide fight, everyone. And uh, I would say uh, just uh, don't walk, run, hide, fight to, to your local Daily Wire <laughs> Cineplex. <laughs> to, to, to go down to wherever fine Ben Shapino products are sold, and uh, definitely don't pay for this movie. Definitely don't. But um, I would like to thank Podcast About List. Thanks for hanging out, boys. Thanks for having us on. And if people would like more podcasts about lists, uh, where should they go? Uh, Ask Cameron. (laughs) Anywhere that you can find a podcast. uh, Just search podcast about lists. I knew he would have the answer. Twitter at pod about list. Um, Ask Caleb for it. Fuck, dude. Fuck you. (laughs) Whatever. We have a YouTube channel, right? We got Twitch. I don't know. Uh, YouTube, we got... All right, I think we only get 10 seconds, Pat. Uh, follow us on Gab. <laughs> it, it's okay, gang. It's only it's only taken us five years to figure out even half of uh, how to do a podcast. Yeah. So you guys, yeah. are, you guys are well on your way. <laughs> All right. Until next time, gang. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you. Thank you. Oh
whole place Love your next door neighbor And don't forget to say grace And tell me over and over and over again My friend, how you don't believe We're on the eve of destruction How you don't believe We're on the eve of destruction How you don't believe We're on the eve of destruction